Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast, Verge.com. <laughs> Which is a multi channel media brand mm-hmm. that serves up delicious slices of lifestyle content. Available now on Google Amp. Yeah. I like to say that we engage audiences. We do. And we serve them advertising. <laughs> we, we engage them. And then later we divorce them. Yeah. <laughs> Dieter. Wow. So here's what I After want everyone to know listening. Uh, <clears throat> everyone listening to know. Oh. Dieter is on fire today. Yeah. I don't <laughs> a know what A lot of sick burns. Like, he's just ripped me like 10 times already before I even started recording. But anyway, this is Vergecast. I'm Neil Patel. Dieter Bone is here. Hello. I'm very angry. Uh, Paul Miller is here. Hey. Paul's got to get an Oculus piece up. So Yeah, I'm trying. He's going to be missing from it. And Dan yeah. Seifert's here. Hello. Yeah, you guys should talk about Google or something. And I'll we should work on talk. Oculus. <laughs> finish that Oculus. So it's been uh, a super newsy week. Like, just an enormous amount of things going on. Uh, there was a big Google event earlier this week. There was that. Uh, and Dan and I argued about the Pixel phone, which we are going to continue doing on this show. Uh, and then today, like literally moments ago, Oculus an eight-hour keynote. An eight-hour, extremely strange keynote. Oculus Connect. Mark Zuckerberg just wrapped it up. The first part of it was a lot of demos of how you would like live in VR. And the second part was like, what I want to say was droning technical babble for an hour. But just, they announced a bunch of new stuff. PlayStation VR reviews hit this week. Just an enormous amount of things. But we got to start by talking about Scissor Vodka, a vodka brand that I made up. <laughs> Cut through the night, Scissor Vodka. Anyway, uh, no, we got to start with Google. Huge news. We'll go through all of the stuff. And Dieter, I want you to go through all the stuff in a second. But the thing that caught me about Google was at the end of the event, so... If you read The Verge during an event, you know there's a team on the ground that's like live blogging, taking photos, posting photos, and then the rest of our huge team sort of at home is like writing analysis, doing news, all this stuff. So whoever's on the ground always calls home at the end of the event and traditionally says something like, how'd it go? Was it awful? Because you never, you have no idea. On the ground, it always feels awful. It always feels terrible on the ground. It always feels awful. So Dieter calls me at the end of the event, the end of the, the big Google pixel event and he goes how'd it go and i went it went great it felt huge like tons of people reading you know the phones look great da, da, da. he had Dieter had a big feature and Dieter goes oh here it felt really small and i think that is the most interesting thing about this event so Dieter, do you want to kind of get into that yeah so i mean it was a relatively small venue it wasn't like a giant like theater the way that apple does google never really does that though except for io and they just like started just putting people out on stage to start announcing products, just like one after another. There was a little bit of the, we're telling the story of Google and AI and what it means for us to make hardware. But really, it just felt like, all right, and here's another person to talk another product we're making. So in the room, maybe it was because it had just been leaked all day, all night for the past three months. But when they got up to announce the phone, it was just like, yeah, we made a phone. (laughs) <laughs> Here it is. Let's start, let's start talking about this phone. It's cool, guys. And like Google Home, we'd already heard about. And so everything had leaked and there was like almost no bombast whatsoever. And that's like gratifying in a certain way. But like this is such a big moment for Google and such a like big, huge like promise that they're making that they're going to become a different company that makes hardware and has a direct relationship with you and with Google's version of you. Like, that's an insane thing we should talk about. That it just felt really like they're really playing it low key. And I'm sure part of that is they're trying to not have massive expectations because, you know, it's their first phone, although we could argue about the definition of first. And we um, will. And My we God. shall. <laughs> and so they don't, they don't want people to think they're going to like, you know, 
take on the iPhone and pick up 20% market share in a year. Like, that's fair. But, man, get a little swagger, Google. <laughs> so let's talk about Bring what we announced. Uh, go through the list. All right. So the list is uh, Pixel, phone by Google. Pixel, <laughs> such, phone by such Google. Such a silly name. Phone by Google. And the Pixel XL, phone by Google. Yeah. Uh, Those are the official uh, they, names, by the way. Pixel, yes. period. It's like, Google, like on like a book cover where the full title of the book is like Stand the True Story of yeah. One Lawyer's Journey. Yeah. Look, everybody's going to call it the Google phone. Yeah. I think, and I that's, think that's part. I mean, they put a Google logo on the back. But anyway, so there's the Pixel. Phone by Google. Pixel, Pixel XL. Phone by Google. Uh, they, <laughs> they run the Assistant, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is uh, another like product that you could kind of say was announced in a weird way because we finally saw some, like more details about how it works. Uh, Google Home, we got a price and release date for that and saw a non-demo demo of it uh, during the keynote. Yeah. There's a new Chromecast called Chromecast Ultra, which supports HDR and 4K. Uh, there's a new uh, Wi-Fi router system so you can buy a, a three pack it's basically like an Eero and there is oh the daydream headset uh which uh is like a tennis shoe on your face that's <laughs> it's cool we, we could talk about it a uh, tennis shoe that lets you stride confidently into a virtual reality oh my god <laughs> so as, as if you want to look at it you know in a really what's the word mean snarky way paul paul's article that what, what was your headline paul it was really good Google announced an iPhone, a Gear VR, an Echo, and an Eero. Yeah. yeah. They, they did all those things. But, like, in every case, it's like the like the response is kind of, yeah, so? I don't know. Like, the <laughs> Pixel looks like an iPhone a little bit. The Google Wi-Fi follows the same model as an Eero. I hope it works way better. I've had problems with uh, with the Eero. Google Home has an advantage because it like it's Google, and so it will be smarter than the Echo. At least that's the claim. It's also a little bit cheaper than a full Echo, although it's more expensive than a Dot, as Dan pointed out. Almost all of these things are cheaper. So it's just like Google saying, yo, we have a hardware ecosystem now. It's all tied to the promise that we're making you that you can trust Google, and Google knows way more about you than anybody else. And so now we're going to start giving that information back to you via these different surfaces that we offer. Yeah. So, Paul, you were going to say you were going to respond to your, your your critics to the haters. I just wanted to say to the haters out there that when I when I came up with this headline, I I wrote two paragraphs about how. I am not casting aspersions. I'm not saying this, this is a bad thing. This is not a... And, like, all all of these products do seem, like, interesting, have, like, interesting differentiators, mostly on price with a lot of them. It's great. I just wanted to say the obvious thing that... Yeah. And this it's is super what Google obvious. did. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It, so, and I think that goes back to Dieter's point about their... Conf like, they don't know how to do this yet. Right. Google traditionally talks to the consumers at Google I.O., where mm. they give everybody a free Nexus phone or like a tablet that most people won't buy. I got to say, I'm having a love affair with my Nexus 7 right now because it's it's a cheap tablet that like lies around the living room. It's mm. great. I, I would argue that at I.O., they're not talking to consumers. They're talking to developers. And that's why they had such trouble here because they're not used to talking to consumers. It's right. Like tr trickle down communication. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, they basically rely on like the tech media to take I, to take I.O. and translate it into consumer stuff. Right. But then they their strategy of rolling out products has traditionally been like 15 percent of you will get a slightly different link color on Google.com. And if you like it, maybe 30% of you get it too. And if you like it, everybody, it's like that has been their strategy for so long that coming out and making a case for these products sort of eluded them. 
But I will say, regardless of the showmanship aspect, I think the case for the products is incredibly strong, right? Like Samsung is just, it's literally destroying itself. Like, yeah, I mean, we got to talk about dying. that now that we're a couple days out, right? Right. So we, Jordan Golson, uh, one of our reporters, who's great, he, and he's going to, he's definitely going to text me because he, I mentioned him on the show like three shows in a row. He's like, I'm, I'm on a roll. Um, that's for you, Jordan. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. But Jordan, so there was this news story that another Note 7 caught fire on a plane. Jordan actually tracked down the owner of the phone and discovered it was a replacement Note 7, which sends Samsung into not like another tailspin, but the worst possible situation. Yeah, which they is, were in a tailspin. Well, no, you know, we should we should actually not make plane crash metaphors because the, the phone did combust on a plane. And I, thank I was, God, like, they hadn't finished boarding can't yet. Can't kites go into tailspins? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They I, were in a bad situation. Should, should, can we talk about the Disney cartoon? Yeah. <laughs> Teeter's on fire. Uh, Launchpad with quack. <laughs> No, I mean, so Samsung is in this like miserable position right now. I think the consumer perception of Samsung is that Samsung phones explode. If you're Google, you've already had this testy relationship with Samsung for so long. Yeah. Samsung is the brand that puts another set of email clients and web browsers on Google's platform, adds water drop sounds to it, signed a deal with Facebook to do Oculus VR instead of waiting for Google to do Daydream. Like Samsung and Google, they, it's, it's a marriage of convenience. Right. Samsung is the only Android vendor that makes any money that operates at scale. And Google yeah. has had to deal with them. Is, How happy is Google right now that uh, Samsung has spent the last couple of years refusing to mention the fact that the Note and the S6, S7, the Galaxy line runs Android? They never use the phrase Android anymore. And I bet Google is just just pleased to punch about that. Right. Is that is that credit to Samsung or or is there n nobody else that makes a good enough phone? I mean, it's credit to Samsung. I mean, there's there's I'm sure yeah. Dan has a lot of thoughts on this, but my, my basic read is that Samsung is will do bend over backward for the carriers the most. They have the biggest advertising budgets. They have the thinnest margins because they make their own chips so that, you know, they, they get to move money around their supply chain in different ways. And quite frankly, they will ship a different version of the phone to every carrier in slightly different ways. Yep. It's a hustle. It's just a hustle. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's good. totally right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, like, that's the dichotomy, right? It's like for years, their phones weren't that great. And it was frustrating that they were so popular and so good. Now they actually have good products, you know, until this recent, you know, situation. But it is very much, Would you like call you it said, a conflagration? I don't want to use any uh, inflammatory terms. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, we're burning up. So they bend over backwards for the carriers. They let the carriers run amok in terms of installing software and modifying software and stuff like that. Like you said, they uh, go out of their way. And for the past couple of years, they've been trying to get out of from under Google's thumb. Just yesterday, they announced that they purchased Vive, which was the team that created Siri. Mm -hmm. So now they have... An, a competitor to assistant under their own roof because they're trying to get out from under Google's thumb. So it is this like love-hate tenuous relationship between the two companies. Samsung's needed Google for Android and its app platform really, uh, and and Google has needed Samsung to like actually get people to use Android phones and sell them. So uh, I feel like in the past week it's come to this crashing head. Because Google announced its own phone, and Samsung has made more efforts to distance itself from Google and to make itself less reliable, reliant on Google. Uh, so it's it's fascinating. I'm going to say this. I think this is great, and I I think <laughs> I do. I, I, I think the idea of Google taking control of 
I think Hiroshi did an interview where he said, we're going to treat the Pixel team you know, at arm's length, which they had done before with Motorola, which was run by Rick Osterlo, who now runs hardware. Womp womp. They're the platform, and then the hardware team is going to take the platform and integrate Google services. Sure, we'll see how that works. But I think it's... Actually, let me let me talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I did this big feature and uh, talked to Dave Burke, and they've done stuff on the Pixel that is really hard to do if you don't have the OS super early and you get to like have that vertically integrated stack. So he claims that the touch response on the Pixel is under a high-speed camera just as good as the iPhone. Uh, when I used it, it felt like standard Android to me, maybe a little bit better actually, uh, but like the inertia is still different between the two different phones. But you can't get like an Android phone to like pay attention to those little details is a thing that most Android manufacturers just are never going to bother doing. And Google is. And the reason that's exciting is like, we get to compare apples to apples now. Like when you compare the pixel to an iPhone, it's no longer, yeah, but you know, they're, they didn't make the OS. And so it's not their fault. And they had to put their own skin on it and bada, 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 bada. Now it's just like head to head straight up. Are you as good? Done. That's yeah. like really interesting. And what's, I th- what's funny to me is that the the companies that did care about those details, like HTC, which if you talk to HTC, they will say that the the 10 has a faster touch response than any other Android phone, uh, are now the contract manufacturer for Google. Yeah. Is it possible to talk to HTC anymore? Because I feel like everything you would say would be drowned out by the sound of sad trombones. <laughs> Again! Fuego <laughs> from Dieter Bone! Yeah. I mean, HTC started out as a contract manufacturer, mm-hmm. yeah, and they are the best ones. So they tried, they tried to like come out with Android and be their own brand, and they got crushed by Samsung. And now they're going back to be a contract. They're going home. It's fine. Yeah. They're fine. I mean, not they got, they no, got, they got the vibe. They, they got, got the vibe. They got the vibe. So Dieter, you wrote a huge feature on why they're making hardware. You got to use the phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give us, give us a sort of the short version. Like, what, what's Google saying about this move? And like, how, how are the phones? So uh, I guess I have a few points. One, what I say is that they need to get the assistant really, really good because someday, I think, the search box is going to get supplanted by some other interface. It's going to get supplanted probably by an assistant. We had, you know, command line for a while, and then we got the GUI, and then we got touch screens, and then we had the search box, and now we're going to get something else. Uh, and so they need to get that right, or they're potentially, like, in serious trouble. We, we shouldn't assume that Google is unbeatable in the same way that we shouldn't have assumed that Microsoft was unbeatable in the late nineties, like something else could come along. And so they need to get something ready. So if they're going to make that thing, uh, they need it to be really, really good. And in order for them to do it, they have to do it themselves. They don't necessarily think they can trust their partners to not screw it up in the way that they always do until relatively recently. And the Nexus phone, while good was still like, you know, they basically, like I said, everybody else did 90%. We did the last 10%. They wanted to do the whole 100%. The thing that's interesting is with every single one of these products, literally every single one uh, that they are making, they have, are promising that the features and stuff they've created will make their way to their manufacturing partners. So like other partners can make uh, Google Home speakers. Other partners are going to get the assistant. Other partners can use, make Daydream headsets and use the Daydream VR. Uh, other partners can make Chromecast speakers and, you know, hell, Chromecast TVs, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's just that like now the difference is Google makes the first version and then everybody else after Google like says, all right, we made it. We like it. This is it. 
then they can start using the tech. Um, and so it's, I was actually talking about this on uh, Lawrence Fumabarista Ask podcast. Like if we had had this conversation five years ago, we would be freaking out because, oh my God, what happens when a software maker starts competing in hardware with its own partners? Uh, I think in 2016, it kind of doesn't matter. Like Microsoft is doing with the Surface right. and Windows is fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Microsoft, so Microsoft paved this road for Google to ride in. So yeah. Well, I mean, when when Microsoft did this with Surface, there's all kinds of hand wringing. Like no one yeah. has ever managed to compete with their vendors, and you know, like. But Microsoft. It was fine. But I will say, Microsoft ambition with the surface was not to beat everyone right i mean they're yeah, not that's that's a tiny drop I, in the bucket of microsoft's business they do they do own the high end though so it may be that google wants to stay at the high end in the way that the, the surface devices stay at the high end I, what dan was saying was it was to show the vendors what to do right like here's right, right. but microsoft has never made an actual laptop right they make the surface book they're like innovating with form factors but they've never gone head to head with Dell where it counts. They've never gone head to head with Dell. Patel says Surface Book is not an actual laptop. It's not. It's like some funky, weird other thing. It's cool. His Twitter handle is at Reckless. I like it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a a bad product, but it's not. It's not a competitor to MacBook Air, right? Like, right. It's yeah. not a mainstream, dead ahead laptop product. It's yep. a very interesting, like, vision of what laptops could be. Great, yep. but it's not you know, the Dell Inspiron or whatever, you know, it's, it's not the bread and butter product where Google is going dead at the S seven. If you are buying yeah. a phone, your choices now, your mainstream choices now are the iPhone, the S seven and the pixel. And I think yep. Samsung is doing a great job of taking the S seven out of that equation because everyone thinks their phones explode. Yeah. I would say that, yes, uh, you are correct in terms of the mainstream phones, but the way that Google has been unable to get the, uh, I just okay Googled my phone. Sorry, uh, the way that Google has been unable to get the Pixel into where people actually buy phones makes that kind of like a null comparison because well, ninety percent of not, people buy phones they're, they're from getting a carrier it into the Verizon store. stores. They're okay, getting so it into they, a bunch of a bunch of retail partners. Uh, this is like, where we, we don't know how broad Dan. it's going to be yet. This is where we're like, going to. We don't know it. how broad. Yeah, the, yeah like. The, you're like don't impute the like we are not actually trying strategy that they oh, applied to the Nexus to the Pixel. I don't, I don't Nexus, think it's that Pixel. lack of trying. I don't think it's for lack of trying. I don't think, I think they tried with Nexus. No, they didn't try at all with the Nexus. Difficult. They didn't try. At no, all. no, no, they I didn't try at all with the necklace. But I, but the Nexus. But they did get it in Verizon. There was that whole debacle with the Galaxy Nexus years ago. But I think that this is ev- this is just further evidence of how difficult it is for anyone to break into the U.S. carrier system. Huawei's been trying to do it for years. Other companies have been but trying Huawei to do it for isn't years. Google. Google Google's just going to run ads. But Google can't get it into an AT&T, T-Mobile, and Sprint store. So say they're in uh, Verizon. Maybe they, in tr- maybe they could and they chose not to because Verizon gave them a big, giant pile of money. Like, meh. You yeah, know. but that, that doesn't does does advertising this phone. But that does nothing to get the phone out into more people. Let me, like, let me, let me weave a conspiracy theory for you. Are you ready? I'm listening. Yeah. Rick Osterloh is head of hardware at Google. Previously was at Motorola. Motorola's last big hit was a Verizon exclusive Android phone called the Droid. I just have to believe his instincts were to say, we're going to do carry exclusive. We're going to get a shit ton of marketing from Verizon. And we're going to go head to head against the iPhone. And Verizon knows how to run this playbook with me. And the last phone, the last carrier exclusive phone that was a success, 
you could argue it was when the iPhone was locked to AT&T or the Motorola Droid. That's right. how long it's been. But I mean, if that's like, how that's, you get a phone off the ground, right? You you get yeah. you get Verizon to be proud of it and to market it, to sell it at retail, to 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 pay for ads, to put the Verizon bug after the Google ads, right? Like you can create. I'm not saying it's going to work. Well, there's an enormous like, chance that will all fail. But it is Google a is committing to doing work. this for years. So if this thing doesn't sell like gangbusters, like they're going to do yeah. it again and they're going to keep pushing in all of these different right. retail so, Gita, that's like, actually a question. One of the reasons you. this thing leaked so hard is Google didn't know how to yell at like, you know, Bell Canada or whoever the hell leaked it. And, you know, Verizon <laughs> leaked it. Like everybody leaked it. And like there's a way to like do a carrier partnership to without having it leak. And the only way to do that is to like have years of partnerships with the carrier to actually figure it out. And every other phone leaks because the carriers like leak stuff and like Google just hasn't had enough time to figure it out. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I am saying like, I'm excited to watch them finally try. And like, I'm not going to prejudge that they're going to fail. So Dieter, here's my question for you. You just said they're in it. And then we've been talking about Nexus and then we have 900 other things from Google to talk about. Um, Yeah. But I, I have literally bought every Nexus phone on this show, and I will soon buy a Pixel on this show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? But, you going go blue? I, think, I hear blue is sold out. I'm definitely getting the black one. I'll do it in a second. Right. But you said they're in it. I always perceived oh. of Nexus as their kind of like reference design game. They never. It was always for enthusiasts. They barely ever sold any. It was always it was always just like, when are you going to get serious about this? And then they told you they're never they're not going to make another Nexus phone. So is they this, have no plans. Is this the big is so that's over? Is this different in tone and seriousness? Right? Are they are, with Nexus? It always felt like they could just stop doing because they don't really give a shit. Is this have the you business? Ever, have you ever gone into uh, like a uh, so we're journalists, we're tech journalists. We go into like these like briefing rooms where there's like a bunch of like people that worked on the product or are associated with the product, and there's always the one guy in the room that is like definitely the suit who like definitely is like stone cold i'm going to market this thing and i am thinking about the margins and i'm thinking about like the regions and the carrier channels and making sure that inventory is managed and like that guy that guy was in the room when i got the phone briefing and he has never been in the room when i got a briefing from google before in my entire life so they're in it you think yeah all right i'm buying this phone anyway well, well, well fine fine you've convinced me the channel partnerships guy was in the room it's, it's on now. Uh, I, I, you know, the funny thing is, like, I think that in six months, if Google is successful at any of the stuff they announced today, the one that I'm most interested to see is Google Home. Like, more people are going to buy Google Home than buy this phone, I think. And that is like, if they can normalize more what uh, Amazon has already started to normalize with the Echo. Mm-hmm. That's going to be very interesting. So here's my question. And I have a million questions at home, but here's the big one. Amazon, I think, was successful with the Echo because they run Amazon.com. Yeah. Right. So they could put it in front of a lot of people. They could get, you know, nerds like us to be excited about it by doing events and showing it off. And we'd be like, this is great. And then it was surprisingly easy to buy because every time you open mm-hmm. up Amazon, it's like, it just here's right an Echo. There. Like push up, You could buy six Amazon dots right now just by accident. By breathing on Amazon.com. Uh, anecdotally, my wife knew about the new Echo Dot the day it was announced because she's on Amazon every single day. And normally right. she ignores all of this stuff that like I consume myself with. And she messages me and she's like, there's a new Dot out. Don't buy it. 
yeah. <laughs> and like like she knew about it the yeah. day it was announced literally and that that is like as as close as it gets my point is google runs google.com and a lot of people go to that they can market on there mm-hmm. but they're not it's not a buying relationship right there so if how they, are they going to retail the thing because amazon sure as hell isn't going to stock it so they've got to go out to Best Buy. I mean, they they've got a lot of work to do to put it out. In the yeah, world. I'm trying to find if we have a picture of the the retail partners for Home, and I don't think I've got it. Yeah, we missed it. But the it was a it was like it's like going to be like Target, and Best Buy, and whatever. Like they'll they'll in Walmart. Like they're getting it into stores. The only store they couldn't get it into was you know Amazon. By the way, the 128 gig black Pixel XL is sold out, and I don't know what to do. No, I was, is it sold out, sold out, or just delayed? It's, you have to get on I'm wait on the wait list. I, I, was it, I was at so Best I Buy. I from Verizon. Gig one? Eli, buy it from Verizon. Ugh. No. Why don't you look at the blue one? <laughs> Come on, The blue man. one's gone, man. Blue one's blue out of stock. Like, blue one's out of stock entirely. And they, they didn't have the blue in 128, which is really annoying. I don't I, want for, a silver one. For nerds. I was, I was at just Best swearing. Buy. Um, oh, the 128 silver one's out of stock, too. Because I like to buy things in person. And I was buying it like a $200 Vizio. And uh, somebody in line there came up to the counter and said, I want a fire, like an Amazon fire. Mm. What does it do? <laughs> <laughs> so someone knew they wanted an Amazon product, but they weren't buying it at Amazon and they didn't know what it I mean, that's the, that's the kind of product brand recognition that Apple has that companies have lusted after for years where people buy it. Because they know the name of it, and they but don't even know how to This is going to sound bad, but I hear just a lot of older people talk about Amazon Fire Sticks. Yeah. It's like a constant, actually. Like They know uh, well, it's there. I mean, Maybe there's something in like the AARP newsletter or something. I, it, it's, it's very cheap, easy way to get Netflix on your TV. Yeah. That's really I mean, what it comes it's down like to. A, it's just a phenomenon. I don't even know how to quantify it or describe it. It's just, you know when you when when you hear somebody else talking about technology, your ears perk up? Mm-hmm. It's always it happens to me in like restaurants and diners. Like, it's just two slightly older people being like, "I heard about this Amazon Fire." And it's like, where? Where? <laughs> <laughs> On Amazon.com. So right next to the Echo. Google has promoted some of its hardware products like on its front page before, right? Yeah, yeah. They, 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 what, they what's the, the last Nexus? one they did? I think it was the Nexus. Was the Nexus. Nexus? Uh, they did, great. They did so, TV commercials for the last round of Nexus's Nexi, and they've also put them on the home page. So here's what I'll say about the the now speaker. I think the assistant being smarter than Alexa is very interesting, and Google has wild ideas about that. I think they're going to have some trust issues about Google putting a microphone in your home in a way that Amazon maybe didn't because yeah. they're not Google. So that'll be interesting. I don't think Facebook could make a connected speaker. No one wants a Facebook microphone in their home. Well, no, there's people, already one in your pocket with Instagram. It's listening to you all the time. It is. <laughs> Dieter wants to go on vacation to the mountains. The mountains. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but what I will say about home, the thing that caught me about that demo was when they were like, it, it's also a demo. Google, it was well, a, it was a mm, that sorry. well-rehearsed video presentation that Rishi Chandra There you made. go. Um, was it the now speaker is a Google Cast device. It can control other Google Cast devices, including mm-hmm. the Chromecast and the Google Chromecast audio there. And there's an ecosystem of cast speakers in this world. So, and they are multi-room audio. So Google has this whole wireless audio video ecosystem ready to go. And I'm like, that's great. What the fuck happened to airplay? Like how did Apple just blow it with airplay? Like 
everyone else. Spotify Connect is better. Sonos is better. Google Cast is better and has this connected speaker. I'm sure Amazon will find a way to do this with the Echo products. I mean, they're, they're already doing it with uh, Spotify Connect works with Echo. Yeah. Yeah, but there, you can't do multi-speakers yet, right? You can't. Oh, right, you will be right. able to yeah. with Sonos. Well, anyway. well, yeah, when they're, they partnered with Sonos, that's right. So, like, well, yeah, the Google stuff does multi-room, multi-speaker, like, right away, right out of the box. What it doesn't do is all the skills. we got to wait till later in the year for actions, right. which is what Google calls them. But I think that's actually the most compelling part of the connected speaker product. Being able to walk into a room and say, turn on the game and have your TV light up and work. Mm. Without having to turn yes. the TV on, or that's use... the dream, yeah. And they're just like they're so close. It's they just have to ship the things, and they have to not be garbage, and it'll, the dream will be here. And it's funny because Apple has all of the component pieces and technologies. They should have had that. And they're the wireless future company, and they're just nowhere on this stuff. So, how much of that is do we think is because of Apple's very what they would say user centric or consumer centric privacy? Stance. I don't think the casting airplay audio stuff is because of that. I think sure, but like the always listening stuff. Well, the they, fact that like Google does all in, of its processing in the cloud, so uh, whenever you say something to it, it's going to process your command in the cloud and I send mean, it back down. By by Google Wi-Fi. So I don't know if that's the answer, but like, but I, they have it with thought. Siri, right? I mean, they just right, to make they a do, trigger yep. word and they just put it in a speaker and they could call it a day. I to me, I think the home is the most interesting product here. I think Amazon paved the way, and if Google actually delivers something that is connected to your like life in a way that Amazon products can't be because you don't have an Amazon email address, you don't have an Amazon calendar, you don't have da 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 like Google can start to do things with their voice assistant that Amazon can never do. And I think that's so, super cool. When when Google announced the home back at IO, this was a big question and they kinda sorta said maybe they're working on it now. But like the big question for me is uh this is a product that sits in the middle of my home. Uh, I'm not the only one that's going to be using it. My wife would ideally be using it as well. She has a whole Google life of her own with her own Google account versus my Google account. Uh, the Google accounts are much more personal than an Amazon account. We're more likely to share an Amazon account than we are a Gmail account. Uh, so I'm very curious to see how well this is going to work in a how home with multiple Google accounts. When I say, what's my calendar like today? Is it, what's it going to tell me? Is it going to tell me the 47 it, it, it gets tied to one person's Gmail uh, their work, they like internally. They've got things that can recognize your voice and be tied to multiple accounts. That's that's where it's at. And yeah, so I, I don't. I think they should have launched with it, but uh, I don't know. Like it's it's. But like the the thing about it is, like Chrome is bad at multiple Google accounts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's kind of, that's my kind of my point. Is in order to really make this something that works in a home. That's not just a single person's home, but like a home with you know either roommates or a family. It has to work with multiple users and multiple accounts. And that's why and Google will be shipping a voice modulation chip alongside every Google Home to make <laughs> to, to send high frequency radio waves when you speak. This episode of Virtuous is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Squarespace is easy. Creating your website with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. You also get a free custom domain. Squarespace makes adding a domain to your website simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a free custom domain for free for that year. You also get beautiful templates. Design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. You also get seamless commerce tools. From nationally recognized brands to your favorite local shops, Squarespace is trusted 
trusted by hundreds and thousands of shabby stop owners around the world, including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. Squarespace also offers 24-7 customer support. Every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office. No matter how technical your problem or trivial seeming your question, one of their team is always online to assist you. So start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code VERGE to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, set your website apart. So last few Google things, the Wi-Fi thing, I feel really bad for Eero. Mm-hmm. Like they're yeah. just blown out of the water, right? But that's clearly the way all Wi-Fi should go, so they should have patented it. Like every company is going to build this Wi-Fi solution because it's clearly the smartest one. And it's, it's definitely something that I want a company that's really good at software to do because you, do, you need help. From from an app to set these up and place them like the Euro app is great. Yeah, the Euro right, but, but I'm saying there there good, is yeah. there is a barrier to entry right. that I wouldn't expect. T- TP Link, yeah, is not my software go to. Yeah, Links is that's like, that's we, not the the software challenge. I don't think here. I think the, the the yeah, you're right. Like, but once you set it up, like to the end user, it's done. The software challenge is when I'm moving around my house, how does my phone find the right access point to connect to and not get stuck at the one that's upstairs when I'm downstairs and vice versa. And uh, Eero tries to manage that. It doesn't always work. Google says it's got some special sauce to help manage that. Uh, I have two questions about Wi-Fi. One, why aren't home and Wi-Fi the same product? And two, if Eero, if Wi-Fi works at all, like at all, executes at all, and it works, and it's fine at all, then Eero either needs to cut its prices way down, or they're done. Yeah. Well, why aren't home and, like, you just, like, you answered your first question with your second question. Like, they're not the same oh, product, because again. they made both of them cheap. Like, that's but it. Like, like, if, like so it would have cost twice as much cheap. to put them together. Said twice as much? I, I kind of, I know why they're not, right? If you buy a Google Home, you're not necessarily interested in, like, getting a new Wi-Fi router. No, but you do want it in every room. And the point is, in order to have uh, mm. this wireless universe uh, in your house, this awesome wireless connectivity where you're throwing things from your phone to a Chromecast to your home, you're doing it with your voice and stuff, you need a strong wireless network. That's the whole reason Google built Wi-Fi, I think that's Wi-Fi, like a second right? generation of this thing. First, they just got to get people to buy one Google Home. This would be, it, but I, I agree with Dan. This would be uh, – I, I see why – Yes, it would be more expensive and, and, and probably fewer people would buy it. But the ideal perfect device has Eero and Echo I, So they'll do it next combined. year. I, this first time, they just got to sell the first one. Hmm. Right? And then, and then they put out the second one. You love it. And you're like, also, if you buy Google Wi-Fi, it'll extend your Google Wi-Fi. And then you're like bought in. You're, but they got to be at 129 and get them out the door. And you probably so have told I can't network. buy the Google Wi-Fi because it's too ugly. It is. It is not attractive. <laughs> really? Not like I mean, not that the Echo is good looking, but you know. The, yeah. I mean, compared to like a uh, Netgear router with spider legs, those things look awesome. I will. I won't have you speak ill of them, Dan. <laughs> and if the aliens ever come, they will go back to their homeland and keep us safe. Um, okay, let's talk about. So that's Google. Walt said this in his column, and we talked about it for a long time on his podcast yesterday. He thinks this is the biggest shift in Google ever, and he thinks it's going to have ripple effects throughout the industry. I am like very happy for Apple to have a head-up hardware software integrated competitor mm-hmm. and for them to push each other on things like privacy, for them to push each other. Like Siri has a real competitor now in Google Assistant. There's a phone out there in the world that can do Siri stuff better than Siri. I think that's So cool. I actually disagree with Walt Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I think he's probably right. 
and I want him to be right. But I think that Google has too long of a track record of saying, eh, forget about it with products. And yeah. there's like, there's no guarantee that just because they're launching hardware that they won't spring clean the hell out of this stuff next year. And, and, and what makes me unsettled, and maybe this doesn't bother most potential consumers, but like, which one is a hobby? <laughs> like, right? there's, there's yeah. five hardware products. Guess which yeah. one will be continued to be a, a core component I, I just, of Google's Rick, business. I, maybe I'm just putting too much into this, but like, Rick Ostel used to run Motorola. I don't think he's there to just like run a hobby. Well, no, Google. I don't I think, think anybody at Google ever size. like sets out to like, I hope this only ends up as a hobby and then gets killed five years from now. Oh, I think, <laughs> I, no, I disagree. Like, I, I think the Google TV team at that time definitely knew they had a hobby. And oh my they God. Are you kidding me? Forgot about Google TV. Eric Schmidt said that like Google TV was going to be in like no, but the people who made it were like okay. Eric, shut up. Okay, so <laughs> like, dude, Schmitty, walk it back, bro. Like Schmitty, not ready. Like, no, well, what, what, line? what number did he say? Just. Every TV, yeah, he's like every TV, like, and and like literally, you could you could see them like cringing. They're like, we made this in our twenty percent time. It's yeah. not. It's definitely not ready for this. It is. I heard masters and HDMI pastor. It's a hack. No. Like, of what's what's so ironic to me, and I I wasn't the one that came up with this. I think uh, I read it on a Medium post. Is that uh, ooh, worst admission? Ooh. Yeah, worst admission. Also, From you can a, get away with any Googler. bad idea by saying you read it first on a Medium post. <laughs> I love but Medium, but it's it's just really but funny that Google. It's full of bad ideas. Most successful entry into the home was not Google TV. It's not Android TV. Oh, right. It's not the three billion dollar purchase of Nest. It's the thirty five dollar Chromecast. Yep. That is the reason that all of this exists. Chromecast and, like, is we're great. here today because of the thirty five dollar Chromecast that somehow Google got every, into like every retail store and people bought because it was so cheap and right in front of their face and worked. My Vizio is a Chromecast. Yeah, it's a screen. Oh, you have it's the a, same one as it's a Chromecast Dieter. with a screen. Do you have an M or a P? An E. Ooh, they got none of the Ooh. E now. Dieter has a P series, right? You, you think it's not so great? I, 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 I'm not super fond of it right now. <laughs> the uh, the apps keep just not working. But no, you don't need the, apps. There's no apps. I turn it on and it's Chromecast. Yeah. No, the it, the app that controls the TV to like turn the brightness down and oh, yeah. you know whatever keeps crapping out. Oh, um, it's been fine for me. Let's end quickly. We got to talk about Oculus. Mm-hmm. Paul, did you, did you? You've been quiet this whole time. Did you finish your everything you need to know? Post? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so. Tell me about Oculus. Man. I feel like I didn't do a great job. This is your time to shine. I feel like it was not really SEO optimized. <laughs> <Probably wasn't. laughs> no one's searching for this stuff anyway. Okay. So at Oculus, Mark Zuckerberg came out and like he did like, I don't know. We, we just watched this Google event, right? You get the CEO guy comes out or woman to to set the stage and then you throw off to other people to do demos. But Mark was like, I'm going to do demos. (laughs) And he puts the headset on himself and then starts doing a very well rehearsed scripted uh, demo of this new social thing that Facebook is making. That was exciting. Wait, can I just set that scene? Cause there's like what you watched on the stream, which was like, you're in the Oculus world. Mark's talking to like basically me's. They look like Nintendo me's. But thousands of people in real life were sitting in a theater in the dark watching a man in a headset just sort of wave his hands around. Right. It's fucking amazing. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, he's just wearing a headset. Um, But on the stream, it looked like mixed reality 
at, at times, too. Um, so, yeah, they went through a bunch of interesting demos. The thing that was most exciting to me, I don't know if this stuck out to, to you guys, but Mark teleports to his home where a 360 camera is inside of his home. He could look around, but he's still with his two, two demo buddies. They look around his home to check on his dog. And then he video calls his wife to be part of this group. So now there's a, and he he has her on like this like pallet that he can like hold and 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 sh- it's like yeah. it was a really cool mixed experience because it was like a, a blend of a 360 camera, a VR headset, two other people remotely in VR and then someone from a regular video call. And what really excited me about it is imagine if you do something really fun in VR. Mm-hmm. If you could FaceTime or not Facebook, whatever Facebook Messenger's video calls are called. Fa- Facebook Messenger video calls. Nice. Phone by Google. Yeah. <laughs> phone, phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> you could like show people, hey, look at this cool thing I'm doing in VR. I feel like that could be like a huge hook for VR because if I would, you know, you're, the other person would just see it on their phone as, as a video call, but they'd be looking into this virtual world that you're rendering for them. So when they were making that video call, what does the person on the video call see? Do they like, well, is there a camera on it, that virtual pane? It, this was likely fake, but the way he demonstrated it, he was like, Hey, say hi to my other buddies. Mm-hmm. So it's like he was showing Priscilla these other two people. Yeah. I think their names were Michael and Laura, but I'm not sure. I think it was Lucy. Lucy? Okay. So, I don't know. That was cool. And and that would make sense. Also, And their big line was, social will be the biggest use of VR, which is a very Facebook line. And it's funny because, like, everybody is like, when Facebook bought Oculus. Do you believe that even a little bit? No, I believe that Palmer Lucky made an ass of himself (laughs) by... Like funding a shit posting 4chan group and didn't show up, so they couldn't talk about hardcore games. I missed some portions of the stream, but Palmer no, Lucky they, was not there. He was not there. He, he wasn't wearing shoes. He explicitly <laughs> stayed away because he didn't want to be a distraction. Right, but like, but the, so the weird thing is, so Zuckerberg does that whole thing. Then he then he announces that they're working on a standalone VR headset, which is probably the biggest news, which is which is really cool. So it'll be something that's more powerful than like Gear VR. But less expensive than a PC and an Oculus Rift, uh, so that's really cool. But then Oculus people announced Oculus avatars, which is completely different than whatever Zuckerberg yeah. demonstrated. So, which they're cool, like vaporwave weird. Like his, Zuckerberg was playing, like hanging out with me's, and it was all cutesy. And these were kind of like cool looking gradients and metal. Yeah, it was and- very strange. But I, I I do think that social is like really the best stuff in VR right now. Anyways, like alt space. Yeah. If you guys hung out with alt space, it's it's really wonderful, and you can jump from experience to experience. So this is stuff that the community is already building, and it makes sense for Oculus to make their own version, and it really makes sense for Facebook to make their own version because if they can pull in something like that video call, I think that would be like a really really big thing for VR. The other, the actual news was the Oculus headset. Touch. Oh, and the touch is, is going to come out in December, which is it really took them a long time to make this thing. Yeah, and it's the, a circle with some buttons, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, um, and it looks like it has very in, intuitive control stuff, and you can give people thumbs ups. That's what you want. Thumbs. I yeah. mean, I've been using Oculus Touch and demos for over a year. I feel like they. Yeah, they think they first announced it in like E three twenty fifteen. Right. 
like they've been around. I don't know what's taking them so long to show. They're like perf- they're weird like perfectionists. They're kind of like I think they have some sort of like I think Oculus has like the same like kind of the Valve mentality, like ship it when it's done kind of from the games industry. Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe it'll work they're, out for them. They're, they're clearly under no pressure to like turn generate massive profits. They've got oh yeah, all the money they a need, ton so. of their announcements were like, we spent two hundred fifty million dollars on this content. We'll pay all your licensing fees for Unreal Engine up to this amount. We're going to spend fifty million dollars on this thing. You know, they're throwing a lot of money around still. So meanwhile, mm-hmm. on the other end of the spectrum, Addie posted her PSVR review mm-hmm. this week. She kind of likes it. Like it's the thing I'm going to buy. I'm not going to buy a gaming PC and a Rift or a yeah. Vive. I'm going to buy a PlayStation Pro and buy a PSVR. I'm going to swing around in the dark in my living room and I'm put it away and never use again. I have I have a Verge <laughs> um, reader and listener yeah. who recognizes me, Chick Fil A. Well, He's a Chick Fil A employee. Is the guy who called you Bob? No. Okay. This guy knows me. Yeah. We're buddies. You're Paul. So I asked him about if he was interested in the Oculus stuff today. He's like, "No, nah, I'm getting PSVR." Really? Yeah. So. There you go. Jason. Wow. Data set of one. <laughs> Jason is my new research group. No, so Addy pointed out Again, in her view. Great p-values out um, of, of Jason. P-values. <laughs> no regression from the mid one. Yeah. 100%, so 100% of people polled are getting PSVRs. Chick-fil-A. 100% of Chick-fil-A employees I polled are getting PSVRs. I love um, that guy. Yeah. Jason, you're, you're great, man. Come by. Paul will make you a sandwich. Yeah, that's true. Anytime. Uh, I have peanut butter and honey. No, Addie was pointing out that the PSVR is like a parts bin special, right? It's like the move yeah. controllers from 2010, the eye camera that's been floating around forever. Jason doesn't like the move controllers. The move controllers still. have always been crazy. I will say this, though. Can we have Jason on the show? We should have J- No, because then we have to open the doors to everybody. Okay. That's like a chain reaction you don't want to set off. No, only Chick-fil-A employees. Well, if we just sent Paul to Chick-fil-A and yeah. we did a five-minute bit with Jason. Facebook Live. All right. Paul goes to Chick-fil-A. I'll get, I'll get Jason involved and in the, the, also, the website in some, some way. Also, buy me a sandwich. I'll get you Dan sandwich. has ulterior motives. No, the move <laughs> controllers are super weird, except they photograph great. So oh, all of our pictures gosh. of Addy, like playing it's PSVR, all beautiful are, colors. They're amazing. But I, feel, I think they that's they don't great. have analog sticks, and they've never had analog sticks, and they still don't have they analog, are sticks. analog sticks. No, this is the whole problem. This is the whole problem. If you make two things that move around your analog sticks. What have you gotten yourself? <laughs> You've gotten more work for the same analog sticks. You have to have analog sticks in addition to the motion. So the, the Vive controller has like touch pads that kind of yeah. work like analog sticks. And then the Oculus Touch have actual analog sticks. What if you're the analog stick and you're just tilting? Well, plus, yeah. Think about it. Yeah. I was, but I'm like kind of into the fact that Sony just repurposed all this stuff and was like, it's for VR. I just think. That Addie is the smartest person about VR in the world, and I yeah. trust her implicitly, so don't listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> but I felt like the PlayStation VR is kind of low resolution, and yeah. it just doesn't feel nearly as next-gen as the Vive and Oculus 2. No, she kind of made that point, but I, I think in terms of just getting a system yeah. that can do it. Yeah. It's it's like half the investment. It's I I you I, I couldn't even like think I wouldn't if, if I was shopping between the two, it's like I wouldn't even think that the PSVR would be at the same level in terms of like resolution and quality because a PlayStation and the PSVR cost like the same as a Vive. Well you know, like, Oculus, without the PC. Yeah, Oculus did announce a new minimum spec. They're doing this new thing, what do they call it? Space time 
manipulation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, the um, whole end of this conference was just like crazy. Because typically your PC basically needs to r- render these games at 90 frames per second to be yeah. Oculus spec. And they're saying now you can do it at 45 frames per second and we'll do the in-between frames, which used to only really work for just tilting. Yeah. But now it works for actual movement, so they, they feel like they can do it well. Do you feel like well. John Carmack was in the basement? He's like, I got it! Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's Carmack like, that's was basically... definitely involved in this. All right, I'm going to read an ad. So, but no, it's a $500 minimum spec now for okay. Oculus, which yeah, is cool. Better. This episode of the Vergecast brought to you by Graphicstock, a subscription-based stock media company that gives you unlimited access to over 300,000 premium photos, illustrations, vectors, and design elements everyone can afford. You get great value with an unlimited download model. It has the largest unlimited library of graphics, photos, vectors, and images available to the creative community. Most websites charge per download. They cost as much as $30 per image, which adds up pretty quickly. With Graphicstock, you get unlimited downloads with your membership for an annual rate. There's no credits, no limits, no hidden charges. It's the same stuff you'd find on more expensive stock sites at a way cheaper price. And they're continuously adding new content to libraries so it stays fresh. So you can get a seven-day free trial. You can download 140 pieces of content. It's only $99 for an annual subscription after that, which is less than $10 a month. Check that math. Everything is 100% royalty-free, even if subscription is canceled. You get unrestricted usage rights for personal and commercial projects. And you get to keep what you download and maintain those usage rights forever. So, exclusive... To Vergecast listeners, sign up for your seven-day free trial today at graphicstock.com slash vergecast. That's graphicstock.com slash vergecast. Paul, hit it. All right. Every week I do this segment that's called Having a Coke With You. And this week's Coke-themed gadget <laughs> is um, it, it's, it's this PC that is liquid-cooled by Coca-Cola, but not actually. But it's a Coca-Cola-themed gaming PC that was made by Main Gear, and it's it's got like hashtag Coke esports on it. Taste the feeling, which I didn't even know was that is that a Coke? Brand oh yeah, that's for a, a, that was a Coke thing. Yeah, yeah. T- taste the feeling. Anyways, hashtag yeah. Coke esports is also now a Coke thing. Yeah. And uh, but the coolest thing is at the top of this PC, where where the liquid for the liquid cooling resides, it's in a Coke bottle. Whoa. And it looks like it's actually Coke, Whoa. which would be, and if it was actually Coke, I'm sure that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coke gets cold. Isn't it sealed? It's not like it's, it's raining Coca Cola. Right? What? How, how does it become. I feel I like, okay, I feel I like I've had this conversation think... on the podcast where it's about how when things evaporate, then they become sticky. No, I've just had that in the office. <laughs> what is the difference? Well, like, no, why Diet Coke doesn't. Because there's it's no not sugar. sticky. Right. It's just sugar. Right. I agree with you that Coca-Cola is probably not an ideal cooling fluid. Right. I'm saying you could probably still use it though. Yeah. Why not? It probably what, what, what happens if what happens if you are eating Mentos while using this PC? Ooh. Oh man. Is that's, it is it that's Diet when Coke or regular Coke? That's when you know you're extreme. Oh, this I is don't definitely want a Diet Coke gaming PC. This is definitely the original Coke in a glass bottle, and I don't want to like jump to conclusions, but I'm guessing it's sugar Coke, not not. Are we that. calling it? Are we calling it Coke Heavy? Yeah, Coke Heavy, okay. just like Bud okay. Light and Bud Heavy. Yeah, right. Coke Heavy. Coke Heavy. The real Coke. Coke Heavy. I've never heard this before. Well, you know, I in, like. They don't have Diet Coke in foreign countries. They have Coke Light. Oh. Here in America, it's Coke Heavy. Mm. It's full flavor. The real thing. Okay, I have two Coke. lightning round things. <laughs> One is just me trolling Dieter. The Lenovo oh, Fab God. 2 Pro, the first Google uh, Tango phone, mm-hmm. is shipping, uh-huh. Dieter. Yeah. Are you going to get one? 
You gonna buy one on the podcast? Buy a Fab Two Pro. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. Is Tango is uh, all that stuff just over at Google? What's the situation? No, I think they're still working on it. I think it's gonna be a while. Like the you know, there are all those rumors about a, a standalone VR headset that just sort of like went poof away. But you know, like if they like Facebook is trying to take the top end stuff down and per, maybe someday Vive will do the same. And then Google's trying to like start at the bottom, get up, and then PSVR is starting right in the middle. And if Google is going to get Daydream and move it up, it needs some sort of positional tracking because it doesn't have it right now. Actually, we never talked about using Daydream, which I did. Disclosure, my wife works for Oculus. Anyway, no, I'm not buying a fab. Screw you. Wait, wow. Wait, can you say <laughs> one, one or two words about your time with Daydream? The wand, Addie and I had radically different uh, feelings about the wand. She like didn't like it because it wasn't full positional the way that um, Oculus Touch or Vive or even PSVR are. are. Mm-hmm. I was impressed at how well it manages to trick you into thinking it's a real thing in space uh, for certain purposes. So like Is the it Harry like a Potter Wiimo? thing, it's like, it's like a wand. It's kind of like a Wemo, but it's, it's basically like if it's going to represent a physical thing in VR, imagine like you're always imagine that you're sitting down and your arm is like locked down to the elbow and you're like moving from the elbow or you're moving from your wrist. So anything that doesn't need to like fly around in front of you, uh, it can do as long as it's like, you know, a thing that you would like move around. So like it can handle a gun, it can handle a fishing rod, it can handle a wand, but it can't be like, you know, your fist punching a person in the face, hmm. which nobody would want to do that anyway. Cause that's aggressive and mean. Yeah. Who would want that? Yeah. That sounds great. I'm into it. And the, the graphics wise is it just like gear VR. <sighs> it's been, I don't know. That's a, that's a tougher one. Uh, I would need more than like five minutes to really right. make a call on that. A lot of it depends on content. It seemed better to me, but I haven't done a ton of super intense stuff in gear VR. The headset's way more comfortable, like right. way more comfortable. I think it has got a wider field of view too, if I remember right. Yeah. Maybe I'm just making things up. I'm though. super buying a Pixel and getting a Daydream and then putting it next to my PSVR and then never using them again. I'm super excited. Because <laughs> you'll just be talking to your Google Google yeah, Home. Talking to my Google Home all day. I'm like, I'm ready. Ready to go all in on the Google lifestyle. By the way, for the listeners at home. You're going to drop iMessage? You're going to drop iMessage? Neelai, hey, you, d- you did. Hey, yeah. yeah, I did. And I Paul, missed Paul, by the like, way, Paul has his iPhone things. 7 here. Yeah. Still just has the dongle hanging out the back. Yep. Come on. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just sitting there. It's convenient. It's ridiculous. It's useful. How many podcasts uh, are we going to talk Dan, we need you to weigh in on permanently attached dongle lifestyle. Oh, that's not a life I want to live. Um, <laughs> a really good friend of mine, um, he went into the store to buy an iPhone 6S because he was like, that seems annoying. Mm-hmm. He saw the black iPhone 7. Jet, said, jet black? Uh, no, Matt Black. Okay. Said... Well, that one's blacker and more expensive, so I want it. Mm-hmm. Bought an iPhone 7, and he was sitting on my couch, and he pulled out his MacBook to make a conference call because he had to like do something for work. <laughs> yes. I know and where he, this is going. And he, and he took the headphones out of his <laughs> and, just, and just dinked him into the side of his head. <laughs> he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, I told you so, man. <laughs> That's why I used the adapter. 
Yeah. But the, no, is, uh, Jade uh, Rosie, who uh, works for us, she like, spent an entire subway ride watching a woman just like turn an iPhone 7 around in her hand over and over for like 20 minutes trying to figure out where her headphones plugged in. She's like, huh? Just, like, just kept on like looking around the phone. Couldn't, like, it's got to be here. Maybe I missed it the first time around. Let me look at the top again. No. It's always the last place you look, so I'm just going to keep yeah, looking. I'm just going to keep looking. Yeah. <laughs> but he literally, it was just such a confident little think. <laughs> just didn't work. Um, yeah. But Paul's still, Paul's still living that down to life. Anyway, uh, that's our show. I want to give out one end of Vergecast plug to our friend Casey Newton, who published an incredible feature on the site today called Speak Memory. It's about um, a young man who died, and his friends took all of his texts, his parents and, and sent all the texts to, and they built an AI out of him. Uh, you just you have to read it. I'm not going to do it justice by talking about it. It's incredible. We um, our our editorial engineer Frank B built an incredible presentation with photos of him. Just beautiful work all around from our feature team and from Casey and Frank. Go read it on the site. It is absolutely worth your time. It is very much like the best of what The Verge does in terms of talking about how these technologies impact the way we live and like think about each other and like process death, which is all insane. So go read that. Um, there's also obviously a bunch of other stuff, much of it not about death in the way that you would think, but all of it ultimately about death on our Instagram. No, it's not. It'd be wild. <laughs> I would love to see a deep reading of our Instagram account as like a treatise on death. It's mostly pictures of gadgets. It, Don't do it now. No, I got, I got it. I yeah. got it. We take pictures of things that don't decay to fend off the reality that we know we will decay. That's Instagram.com slash Verge. <laughs> uh, also hit us on Snapchat at Verge or Verge on Twitter. Paul is Future Paul. Dieter's Backlon. Dan is DC Seifert, which I won't spell for you. Just think about it in your mind. You'll get it. I'm Reckless. Hit us up on Twitter. We love that. Go to iTunes. Uh, you can listen to What's Tech with Chris Plan on Tuesdays. Uh, Control at Delete. It's me and Walt. Uh, that's every Thursday. Uh, and on the Recode side, Lauren Good does Too Embarrassed to Ask. Dieter, you were on that show this week, right? I was, along with uh, Ina Freed from Recode. Uh, really good show. Uh, if you haven't heard Ina on a podcast for a while, I highly recommend it. Uh, it was really smart. And obviously, Lauren was smart, too. Yeah, but way better than this garbage. Turn this off. Listen to yeah. that. Uh, Peter Kafka does uh, Recode Media. And Kara Swisher does Recode Decode. So tons of stuff to listen to for the tech-loving audience in the world. All of it made by Vox Media. Don't listen to any other media brand stuff, just Ever. our stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Squarespace is great. No, I'm just babbling now. Anyway, that's the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul. Paul.